weirdly, Phil Collins, also a Nazi. Welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that opened up my eyes because I saw it, but I don't see it because it's a podcast. What? That was terrible. Nope. It's, that's the best intro I've ever done in my whole, my whole dang life. Um, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm your host for this week. Joining me as always is... Hello, I'm Lindsay Tucker. I am a journalist and co-host of this podcast, and I'm happy to be here. Are you? Yeah. Uh, so this is a show where we do like book reports on songs each week, and it's stuff that you should probably know about songs that you've heard of before. And uh, this this week is a... It's stuff that we think you should know. Not like you should already know it. It's not your fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff that you that you likely don't know Yeah, that we think you should know. Right. About songs. So what are we doing this week? Dance. This week we are trying not to kill ourselves. Oh, no. Is what we're doing. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about... We are talking about you're going to ruin Ace of Bass for us, correct? Yes, I'm, I'm going to ruin Ace of Bass for everybody. Uh, we've done, we've done a couple in a row where we didn't ruin things t- completely. And, and I'm, ba- I'm back to my old tricks here. <laughs> um, but before we do that, I just wanted to take a quick, quick jaunt over to the mailbag. Uh, this is from listener and friend of the show, Sonia Cory Missio. Is Sonia, um, going to go to the library or what? Well, Sonia or what? <laughs> once she has a baby i feel like all bets are off so yeah congratulations sonia um she says i still haven't fully recovered from the life advice that i didn't appreciate when i was 12 years old but turned out to be all too right and uh she also still hasn't fully recovered from learning that it wasn't actually baz lerman narrating the sunscreen song so the episode hit her right in the feels apparently so in the (laughs) existential feels is what she said (laughs) She says, I listened to the existential crisis that was Lyrics for Lunch, and I still haven't recovered fully from the life advice that I didn't appreciate when I was 12 years old, <laughs> but turned out to be all too right. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Sonia. She goes on to say, I mean, I probably should have realized it when the literally the only personal thing I knew about Baz Luhrmann was that he is Australian, and the narrator of the song is most definitely not, but he is. But he is. But you know, still. <laughs> Uh, yep. So thank you, Sonia, for writing in. Um, and uh, if 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 the, if last week's episode didn't give you an existential crisis, well, I'm here to I'm here to help, but not help. I'm here to to just hammer it on home. Uh, so this episode today is about Ace of Base and their most popular hit song, "The Sign." Okay. Me and my friends were hugely into the song. Oh, I'm I'm gonna act. I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. Okay. But first, this episode is largely inspired by an article written by Adam Todd Brown uh, for Cracked.com in 2015. And the main sources for this article are that are the main sources for this episode are that article, New York Times, Esquire, Vice, L.A. Times, 
I go I go everywhere. Billboard, it's crazy. And let this serve to be a trigger warning. Uh, this episode, there are some very upsetting lyrics that will be read at some points. There was just an article in The New Yorker that trigger warnings don't actually do anything. And in fact, they might trigger people. So I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm, I, I basically <laughs> want to shield us from liability <laughs> for the fucked up shit that's going to come out of my mouth in this episode. Great. Um, so the sign should we listen to it or do you want to just talk about it first that's up to you um this was a song that just meant a lot to me and my friends you know um on our way to skating practice and the pool and you know anything involving the backseat of our mom's cars sure i have a, i i don't know that i i definitely like the song like a lot as a kid but i don't think that i have the same strong affinity that you did hmm. and i don't really know why i remember really liking the song but I, I never got to choose the radio so it was always either like blues and classic rock with my dad or like israeli folk music with my mom <laughs> um my mom i remember my mom and my friend mal's mom hey mal um liked uh ace of bass and real mccoy and we loved ace of bass and real mccoy so those were like two things that we us and our moms could agree on what is real McCoy? Oh, you don't know real McCoy? It's like Ace no. of Base 2.0. Uh, we're going to talk about Ace of Base 2.0. <laughs> another night, another dream, but always, always you. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real, McCoy. real McCoy. And then there's uh, Runaway. I don't know. If Celebrate. That... <laughs> I know. I'm like, that might have been Madonna. <laughs> uh, should we take a listen to. The Ace sign. Base. I saw the sign. Yeah. Yeah. So here's there's a link for you. It's just called the sign. Myth busted. <laughs> Not satanic.
I don't know why you think cult. Because <laughs> it's like the sign and the light. I mean, you're getting warmer. <laughs> Okay, so let's do a quick dramatic reading of the lyrics in case you weren't getting them. Um, Would you like to do the first verse? Sure. Ah, I got a new life. You would hardly recognize me. I'm so glad. How could a person like me care for you? Ugh, why do I bother when you're not the one for me? Ooh, is enough enough? I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Life is demanding without understanding. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. No one's going to drag you up to get into the light where you belong. But where do you belong? Uh, under the pale moon for so many years, I've wondered who you are. Cult leader? How could a person like you bring me joy? Under the pale moon where I see a lot of stars. Is enough enough? I saw the sign, and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Life is demanding without understanding. I saw the sign, and it opened up my eyes. No one's going to drag you up to get into the life where you belong. The light. Light. I saw the sign, and it opened up my mind. And I'm happy now living without you. I've left you. Oh, oh, oh. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. No one's going to drag you up to get into the light where you belong. Great. So I was, this was the part where I was going to ask you what your history is with the song, but you've already told me, told me unprompted. <laughs> well, you can put that in right here. Nope. Slide certainly right not. In. <laughs> nope. Um, so what do we think the song is about? You're, you're going with culty stuff. Okay. When I was a kid, I just thought it was about uh, a lover who kind of sucked. And like the singer is like, ugh, how could I like you? Like you don't care for my needs. But finally, I saw the sign that you're not the one for me. And mm-hmm. now I'm Ooh. moving on. <laughs> and yeah, I'm living in the light and you're not. Bye. Yeah, okay. I think that's kind of the general uh the general consensus of what the song is about. Okay. Okay, so Ace of Bass. What do you know about Ace of Bass? Literally nothing besides they had this album. It had some like roses on the cover, maybe. <laughs> yeah, green roses. <laughs> Two lady on the faces. On the American cover, yeah. <laughs> Two lady faces, some roses, and a lot of hits. Let's look at the songs on there. We will. Well, we will. Don't worry. I got you. But I want to start a few years before this album. So do you know what country Ace of Bass is from? This Sweden. This is like Ace of Bass quiz. Yeah. So Ace of Bass is a Swedish pop group, and they formed in 1990. And they, the original lineup are three siblings, Jonas, Malin, and Jenny Berggren. And this fourth guy, Ulf Ekberg, right? So we have the Bergen Three and Ulf Ekberg. And we'll be talking a lot about Ulf Ekberg specifically (laughs) in a little bit. But why? Mm. (laughs) So in the, well, let's let's start with with Jonas Bergen. He's a brother, Jonas brother. Yeah, the Jonas, comma, brother. Yes. Jonas, brother of Malin and Jenny (laughs) Bergen. So in the 80s, Jonas was in a pop, 
was in a punk band called G Conrad for a few years. And he left that and he formed a band with two friends, Johnny Linden and Nicholas Trank. And that was for a school project. And his sisters, his two younger sisters, joined that band, that school project band as like backup singers. Okay. And so the this band went through several names. The Kalinin Prospect, named after an avenue in Moscow. CAD, which stood for Computer Aided Disco. That's so lame. T- Tech Noir, which is French for Black Technology, but it's also the name of the nightclub in the movie The Terminator. Did they know that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they toured the clubs of Sweden with original material and techno inspired by like 80s Italian disco and house music. Can I please hear so, some 80s Italian disco? <laughs> do you want right now 80s Italian disco and house music? I do. Okay. Because I cannot wrap my brain around what that might be. <laughs> so uh, this is this is uh, so there was a there was a uh, musical genre called Italo disco, and it is a it is like pop and electro music from Italy in the late seventies and early eighties. Italo discos the the big one of the big producers of Italo discos is to Giorgio Moroder who produced a bunch of the Sparks albums um, in the mid eighties and I learned that from the Sparks movie that I rewatched on the airplane over the weekend. Italo discos often features electronic sounds, drum machines, melodies, vocoders, and heavily accented English lyrics. Oh um, yes, I can't wait. And so, along with love, Italo Disco themes deal with robots in space. So we're going to listen to a song uh, called Robot is Systematic by Electric Workers. It is eight minutes long. We are not going to listen to the whole song. I'm telling you that right now. For uh, so this is what tech noir, um, yeah, t- what tech noir was playing, and in computer assisted da- disco or whatever the fuck else they were called, Kalinin Prospect. I kind of like this. Me too. Johnny Linden left the group in '89, and Nicholas Trank, <laughs> Nicholas Trank, uh, quit the band by failing to turn up at a gig at Baltenspang Parken in Gothenburg on August 4th, 1990. And the reason that we know that it's August 4th, 1990 is because he ditched out on a gig to go see the Rolling Stones on the other side of town. Hmm. 
respectable. And yeah, right. And so at this show, Jonas, the Jonas brother, uh, asked Ulf Ekberg to stand in for Nicholas Trank. Okay. So this is from Euromen Travel Magazine. Oh, fantastic. And it's an interview with Ulf Ekberg. <laughs> I'm going to get you. You're going to be Ulf. I'm going to send you his response. Anyone who's ever picked up a teen magazine in the 1990s will know that the members of Ace of Base have nicknames. That is not true. I read every single teen magazine available in the 90s, and I know nothing about this. Please continue. You, talking to Ulf, were Buddha, while Jonas <laughs> was Joker. Now, when I think of Buddha, I'm picturing a heavier guy with little to no hair, a description that would fit more on Jonas than you. Why were you Buddha and not the other way around? Fat shaming. I guess so. So now I'm responding as Ulf. Yes. This is the thing of the 1990s. This is the thing oh. of the... <laughs> Try again. <laughs> not so fucking easy, is it? How do the Swedes talk? This, this is the thing. Okay, this is the thing of the 1980s. Back then, everybody had names. Mr. XYZ, MC, this and that. You get the idea. Since I was doing a lot of karate at that time, <laughs> a sport that is deeply linked to Buddhism, I would bring that up all the time. That's how I became Buddha. Jonas, for his part, has a dry sense of humor and cracks jokes all the time. Often during interviews and in Swedish, we would be all laughing while no one else would know what we what was going on that's how he became joker so <laughs> their writing credits on their albums are buddha and joker and whatnot and i refuse to call them that that's heinous. so i'm just gonna use the regular <laughs> okay so this new quartet right the the three Berggrins and ulf uh sought a new name to make a fresh start and Malin was reported to have said no one could pronounce the name of the group and nobody could remember it. So they settled on Ace of Base in early 1991. And the story goes that Ulf was inspired by the Motorhead song Ace of Spades. Do you know that song? Okay, so the story goes that this is from an interview in 2018. Ulf explained, the name came out of a hangover I had on New Year's Day. So I was hungover watching MTV, and I saw Motorhead's video for their song Ace of Spades, and I liked the name, and I thought I'd play around with those words. We were four members of this band, so I thought, good, four aces. I'll keep the ace part. Then I thought of our studio and how it's our bass. No. So, on a scale, what's your bullshit meter doing right now? <laughs> it's going off. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> right. So, there's another story of how the band got their name. Ace and of so, base. this is from Four Adam. aces of our home base. Yeah, no, exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> And 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 there's like another story. Like the rumor is that they were they were the four aces, and like the studio was in the basement. So they're the aces of their basement, which is also not true. I believe so, that okay. more. This is this is from this is from Cracked and Adam Todd Brown. 
So for starters, let's talk about the name. It's weird, right? Vaguely militaristic, like base is the word that you'd expect to see there, but it's spelling like B-A-S-S, seeing how that, that's the music-related base, as opposed to B-A-S-E, which is like the military kind of thing. I think I can explain not only why they went with base, B-A-S-E, but why it also sounds so warlike. The name is most likely a reference to the Karaman Submarine Base, a massive U-boat launching and docking facility constructed by the Nazis in the French town of Lorient. It is considered one of the most important and ambitious projects of the entire war for their for the side of the Axis, and in 1941, the missions that embarked from the facility alone were responsible for taking out more than 500 allied ships. It was so well constructed that the allies built a new bomb specifically to take out this one facility. The bomb was called tall boy and it failed miserably. The allies finally crippled the base, but, but only by literally flattening the entire city around it and blocking U boats from accessing the station. We never took it though. The Germans, despite, eventually being completely surrounded by allied forces managed to hold onto the bunker through the end of the war okay now how does adam get this hypothesis that's a really good question (laughs) so now guess what they sometimes called caraman submarine base because it was the place where germans germany's top u-boat captains carried out all of their mission it was often called the base of aces There's a Netflix series called Nazi Mega Weapons, and the second episode of the first season is about the Karaman facility, and they refer to it as the Base of Aces. Base of Aces. That's not great. Ace of Base. Base of Aces. Ace of Base. Okay. I think it's inconclusive, right? I think that there's like a 50-50 chance on the likelihood of either one of these I mean, did he have a closet full of Nazi paraphernalia? This is... I need more. It's almost as though you've read my notes, Lindsay. (laughs) I'm good at my job, I guess. So I think I think that this is basically a toss up on the on the likelihood of one story over the other taken in a vacuum. But let's keep going. Okay. Okay. So Ace of Base forms, but what the fuck are they going to sound like? They were originally going to do this like Italo disco house music shit, right? Right. And they struggled to gain recognition, partly due to the preference in Sweden for heavy metal over techno. And according to Jenny Berggren, in July of 1991, they contacted Class Lunding at the Telegram Records Company, who allowed them to record a demo of the song Wheel of Fortune, which eventually made its way onto their record, The Sign. And while they were practicing for the recording of that song, a Jamaican reggae band was in the studio next door. And they were like, oh, this sounds awesome. Let's do this. And so it resulted in a fusion of reggae and pop. They went in there and they are going to do... Techno. Italo disco. But then Mm -hmm. they hear reggae and they're like... Mm -hmm. Let's do both. Let's do a fusion. Yes. And that's Wheel of Fortune. Uh Uh-huh. Their Jamaican friends dubbed it China reggae. China? China. Why is I don't it know. China? I don't know. Wow. But this, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> but, but this became the band's trademark sound. China reggae. China reggae by a bunch of Swedes. 
stolen from jamaican people the demo that they recorded failed to convince a bunch of labels to sign them but it was eventually sold to a record label in denmark and this is what like started their career so it it entered the singles danish singles chart at number six and it rose to number two so this is this is wheel of fortune and ace of bases china reggae i don't know guys it feels like they're just being like racist like othering like Mm -hmm. china is foreign and this is Mm -hmm. foreign or like china is imitating why not swedish reggae this is imitation I don't get yeah, it. that might be it. Like a not like like knockoff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know the song. Of course I do because I think I probably know every song. Of course you know the song because this song wound up on the sign. So, it didn't ever really occur to me that Ace of Bass was like doing our reggae thing and now I can't not hear it. Right. Especially in this song. Yeah, but it's in all of them. It is. Yeah. Lindsay, sweet baby angel. (laughs) So. Now we've got to talk about Ulf, the guy that made that Ace of Spades. Buddha? Yeah, Buddha, right? How could a Nazi be into Buddhism? This is from Vice, from the writer Benjamin Shapiro. It's not that Ben not Shapiro. Ben Shapiro? I, had, I had to check. What? <laughs> it is not that Ben Shapiro. Wow. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Benjamin Shapiro for a minute. Uh, Ulf Ekberg started his career as a neo-Nazi skinhead. What? Not only that, he created a platform for his ideals through his Nazi punk band, Commit Suicide. Suicide with two S's. No. Yep. Suicide? No, S-U-I-S-I-D-E. No, I know, but Suicide. Suicide. Weirdly, Phil Collins, also a Nazi. No, not true. Um, <laughs> commit suicide sang songs with explicitly racist lyrics how explicit you might ask here's an example so this is translated from swedish i'm not gonna try to read swedish but uh this is the translation ready mm-hmm. men in white hoods march down the road we enjoy ourselves when we're sawing off n-words heads <gasps> immigrant we hate you out 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 Nordic people, wake up now. Shoot, 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 shoot. No, no. I, my heart can't take it. <laughs> so this was his yeah. first band? This is before mm-hmm. Ace of Base? And this is before Ace of Base. Did the Jonas brother and sisters know about this? That's a really good question. It's <laughs> almost as though you're reading my notes. <laughs> so uh, Benjamin... Shapiro continues, in addition to performing with Commit Suicide, Ekberg was also a member of the Sweden Democrats, which is a political party that publicly rejected any ties to neo-Nazism. But it's interesting considering the fact that the group was founded by Nazis and active members still maintain connections with contemporary hate groups. For example, Andres Klarström, 
who is the former head of the Sweden Democrats, and Klarström was a member of Commit Suicide with Ekberg. Around the time that the band disbanded, which was like 1986, Klarström was convicted of illegally fi- illegal firearms possession, as well as sending death threats to a Jewish theater director named Haga Girgut, who was publicly outspoken against racism and neo-Nazism. At the time, Klarström referred to Girgut as a Jew pig and threatened to burn him. Jesus. So, that's not Ulf, that's Klarstrom, but still. That's his not, band member, right? That's his band member. So this is back to me. It seems as though Ulf's violent behavior started a little earlier than the 80s. According to Ranker, rumors persist that at the age of four years old, schoolboy Eckberg and his friends burned down a playground and what? some claim that he torched a school building as well though none of these claims have been officially corroborated he is also allegedly engaged in many fights but lost them all on a regular basis so he's a serial killer yeah I mean not great it's not great uh, from Vice in 1998 a small Swedish record label called Flashback Records released uh, a CD called Ulf was a Nazi, which was a limited edition collector collection of Eckberg's output with commit suicide. And the cover is a photograph of Eckberg giving the Nazi salute. Only a thousand CDs were produced, but it was an extremely damaging attack on Eckberg's Nazi past and has become like a collector's item. What, what year was this? 98. So, so this is after Ace of Bases out there. After Ace of Base is out there. So he like denied doing this or he denied. Right. Well, we'll hear his denial in a second. But in 98, they released this thing. A thousand CDs were produced. And it's basically like, oh, you're denying this. Well, guess the fuck what, motherfucker. We mm-hmm. have receipts. And so there are five songs. And uh, <laughs> two of the songs titles are. I'm once again just going to read the translation. Don't touch our country. And. White power, black skull slaughter. (gasps) This is disturbing. So in 2013, Ulf disputed that the record that Flashback released was even him. Quote, I did have a synth band called Commit Suicide between 84 and 86 with two gentlemen called Jens Anderson and Jens Svensson. And two of the songs in the demo were written and performed by us. The demo being the thing that he's referring to that was released. The problem is that the other four songs are skinhead music with very racist lyrics. The songs have nothing to do with Commit Suicide. We didn't write or perform those songs that were attributed to us. Commit Suicide was a new wave band creating and performing electronic music on synthesizers without any political touch or agenda. The racist songs in the demo were not by us, but our potential association with such groups is a matter I truly regret. Okay, so I'm sure that was fact checkable, was it not? <laughs> yeah, he's he's lying. Okay. So the 42-year-old, so in 20, 2013 he was 42, so at that time he denied reports that he was also denied reports that he was affiliated with the with the far-right political group the swedish democrats um and he says i want to point out that i was never a member of the swedish democrats that is a factual error whereas whereas mine was an error more serious than that the same year he said uh to huff poe i want to be very clear that ace of base never shared any of these opinions and i and we strongly oppose all extremist opinions both the, on the left and right wing. 
he is saying this and he's saying we as in him and the rest of Ace of Base. Mm-hmm. So now he's Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to hear a handful of contradictory claims from him. So just, just get ready. Just strap the fuck in. Okay. Back to Vice. It's unclear whether or not Bergeron or the rest of Ace of Base knew about Ekberg's previous dalliances with neo-Nazism when they asked him to join. For some reason, it's not really spoken about today, so when you tell your friends about this stuff, you can expect some, jaw, some jaws hitting the floor. Ekberg's response has been fairly non-committal. Um, as of 1990, in, in a 1997 documentary, he's quoted as saying, I told everyone that I really regret what I did and I've closed the book. I don't even want to talk about it. That time doesn't exist in me anymore. Oh, mm. I closed it and I threw the book away in 1987. I took the experience from it. I learned from it. But that life is not me. It's somebody else. Convenient. Convenient. And so, so now we have a question of like, when exactly did the rest of Ace of Base learn about Ekberg's, you know, let's call it situation. Sure. The public certainly knew about it. So what, they're just pleading the fifth? I guess so. So in, in Ulf's defense, and defense is in like 10,000 scare quotes, he claims to have had a severe drug and alcohol problem as a teenager, either as a result of being a skinhead or leading him to being a skinhead. I'm just trying to create paint a full picture um it also would be easy to think that this stuff got covered up in the 90s and it wasn't super re super readily available because there was no real wide adoption of the internet that's not really so so this is a, an article from the la times from the week before the sign the record is released when's the sign released remind us 1993 so this is yet. from okay. this is from fall of 93 okay this is from the la times quote Ace of Base kick off an American promotional tour in Miami next month, and their first order of business is damage control. It seems that Eckberg not only had a problem with drugs and alcohol abuse, but was also a skinhead. They're afraid that his past, big news in Scandinavia when it was exposed last March, might haunt them if they're not candid about it from the start. So they interview Malin Bergren, and mo she, so the two people that talk in the band, the two like mouthpieces or whatever, are Malin Bergren and Ulf. Like they are the ones that do the talking every so single. Malin every single is a sister. Interview. Malin is a sister. Okay. Ulf is the one that's not related to them. the skinhead. Malin says we don't want it to get confused and for Americans to be afraid of us and think that we're all Nazis. Actually, Ulf gave up that all that long ago and my family had nothing to do with any of that in the first place the exposure for Eckberg's of Eckberg's past has been one giant headache for ace of base quote malin for a while we all had bodyguards because we were afraid his enemies and the gangs would do us harm there's still some negative press about it we know it will follow us to america we can't hide from it we wish it would go away but it won't we just have um, to deal with it um i think that's what happens when you hang out with supporters of genocide <laughs> by the way that article is called ace of base is a swedish pop vocal group with two men and two women but don't ask them about abba what so yeah so from earlier in the article ace of base you see is a swedish pop vocal group with two handsome men and two attractive women just like you know who quote quote malin yes we're like ABBA in a very basic way. I wish I had a dollar for every time I had to comment on this. Her emphatic de denial that Ace of Base is an ABBA clone focuses on the differences between the groups. Quote, we, we don't have, have a that Nazi. Kind of 
Well, <laughs> we don't we don't have that kind of harmony sound, and a lot of our music has a reggae beat, which isn't like ABBA. Oh, God. So it seems like Ace of Bass didn't like the ABBA comparison because Ace of Bass sent a demo to ABBA's record label in Stockholm, Polar Records, and they got rejected. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and and the songs that were rejected were that demo that they made that Wheel of Fortune's on, All That She Wants is on, just name name a couple. I think Don't Turn Around is also on there. So, like, things that would go on to be their big hits. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to me. Let's take a look at the record, The Sign, right? That's- so, The Sign, The Song is on a record also called The Sign. Mm-hmm. The Sign, the record, was released in the U.S. in 1993 and went nine times platinum. That's nine million copies in the U.S. And it sold 23 million copies worldwide, which ties it with Spice by the Spice Girls. And they're both just under Millennium by the Backstreet Boys. Wow. So huge, 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 massive hit. Mm-hmm. Led by this song, title track, right? Right. So let's take a look at the sign the video i mean they look mean they look mad yeah is the skinhead the bulky one in the back yes. right with the scar on his face yes okay. what are you looking at what are you looking at buddy <laughs> oh my god what Burning crosses? It's called an ankh. What is it? It it's looks like, like cult paraphernalia. Symbol. Yeah, it's like a yeah. Why is that thing there? I don't know. Have we looked up the symbolism of it? <laughs> it's. I have. No one knows. I mean, I know what an ankh is. But, like, why is it here? Who the fuck knows? Egyptian symbol it, of life. Yeah. But, like, why is it on fire? of eternal life in ancient Egypt. Yeah, but why is it on fire? It's said to be the first original cross. So, KKK So, it's stuff? a burning cross. Right. I mean, it looks, it's cross-like. But, like, what, could they just do that? Could they just, like... Oh well, the record label won't let us burn an actual cross, so we gotta do like a, like a almost cross. Well, it's the original cross, so it's like even more badass. Like we're burning the original motherfucking cross. Yeah, but like they're also doing reggae and like dancing in silk shirts. It's this is so bizarre, and it is also the most normal of their videos that we're gonna watch. Today. <laughs> Why is she grabbing her stomach like that? I think of like opera singer style or something. It's not like this Ankh is in there accidentally either. No, it's, it's like everywhere. All over the fucking place. And it's very bad CGI. Oh yeah. Like um <laughs> like screensaver from yeah. 1994. <laughs> yeah. We 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 soldier on. <laughs> um in 1995 the Guinness Book of World Records named the Sign LP the best-selling debut single. I'm sorry, the best-selling debut LP in music history because it sold 19 million copies in the first three years or two years, which was a record at the time. 
Also in 1995, Ace of Base submitted a song for consideration as the GoldenEye theme. Ooh. From James Bond's GoldenEye. Love it. Would you like to hear the GoldenEye? Yes, I would. So this is uh, the un- unpublished demo just in on the GoldenEye opening credits. Someone just like did a fan edit. Warfire. Well, this is from the movie. I heard that, but just pointing out similarities here. Let's play a real quick round of Does It Slap. I like it. I definitely would have liked really it in 1995. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, 94. So the movie came out in 95, but they, were, they submitted it in 94, which is like the height of their popularity. I could see Celine covering this. I th- I really like this song. I I'm I have like a weird affinity for James Bond songs, and I really like this one. I do too. I mean, I like this one. So, I don't have a weird affinity for Bond songs. Oh, I, I thought that that's what you were <laughs> you're with me on. Um, okay, we can we can stop that because Ace of Base also really liked this song. This is from the 007museum.com, the article explaining why it was never used. Ace of Base recorded a demo for GoldenEye in 94, a year after their debut album, and the group were considered too big for Bond by their American label, Arista Records, and the company was worried that, because this was like a reboot of Bond, right? They mm-hmm. were, this was the first Pierce Brosnan one. They were worried about the movie flopping in the USA, and if the movie failed to attract a large audience, it would damage Ace of Base's mm. standing basically the opposite happened and it was a huge success and it rebooted the career of tina turner who sang the actual theme goldeneye but love tina yeah that's my favorite bond song is is her version of or is her goldeneye um but ace of bass liked the song so much and they didn't want it to like uh die on the vine so they reworked it as The Juvenile and released it in 2002. It's the exact same song, but the word juvenile instead of golden eye. Did it chart? Because I don't remember that. <laughs> no, it certainly didn't. <laughs> but, here, but here it is to prove that it's the same song. <laughs> Like, who is the juvenile? Yeah, right? <laughs> the juvenile in a time where the night is so cold. This is so weird. That it's the same. That it basically sounds like a Bond song with no movie. 
Yes, but also that it's like the juvenile. Yeah, this is makes sense. Golden Eye. I like, mean, Golden Eye doesn't make sense either, but a little bit more sense. Yeah. To me, like, who is this mysterious juvenile? He's up to no good. That also, that also, like, you know, to to digress a little bit, this this is speaks to how. James Bond and other songs from movies get made, which is that they'll like give you some key words and then you just have to like do a song with those words in it and they'll maybe hire you to do it or not. Hmm. That's not what we've uh, heard before from like Aerosmith and Celine. Um, so this is that's a different that's a different situation. I'm mostly talking about um, end themes and intro themes. A friend of mine was working on uh, one that did wound up not getting used for Black Widow, and they just like mm-hmm. gave her a list of words. Okay, do you know any of them? The the buzzwords, no. Yeah. Um, I she never shared the song with me, unfortunately, because I'm I can't keep a secret. Oh. About the sign, the song. Jenny Berggren told Esquire in 2013, my brother was the one who wrote the song. It's about when suddenly you visualize something and it becomes something you use to change your life. You realize I should do this or not do it anymore. He always kept whatever sign, whatever his sign was, a secret. And I'm not sure he even had one. What? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, she she goes on to start making sense. She goes, this is... Uh, more about the recording of the record. She says, Malin was the famous one. I was just her sister, the background. But on the sign, we split the song like we wanted to, and so it became a duet. And she was happy with that, and I was too. And the way we sang it was just very joyful. I played around with the chords at the end and made the harmonies around it, and the guy at the studio said, please do that a lot of times. And the high part was just her Malin's imagination. We started in Denmark and then we hit all over Scandinavia and Germany before we even got close to being known in Sweden. We had had success in England as a number one and then we went over to the States and after that we got really big in Sweden. You have to get big abroad before you can get big at home. I was I went to clubs in Gothenburg and suddenly someone came up to me and said, "So you're the one singing on the sign." And then he said, "I don't like your music and I don't like you." I had to ask, is it just me or is it our kind of music? He said it was just our music. So it was a big shock for us to come to the States and see we were so well received. We were working very much and we were on the road constantly. And one night when I was home sleeping, I woke up with a knife at my neck. No way. My mother and father threw themselves at this woman holding the knife to my neck. And that that saved my life, I think. It was 4 a.m. in February of 1984. I remember it because when I went to my diary to research my book, which is the autobiography to win the world, I saw that I was number one in the States. How so old is the, she? She still lives with her parents? And who the so fuck put I, a knife to they her? Were on, I think that they were on. I think her parents were living with her at this point. She was very rich. Um, but yeah, she was in her 20s at the time. And. The woman who broke into their house was depressed and unstable, and she had their number, and they wound up having to change it. Quote, Jenny, she still continued coming to see us because we were like a drug to her. We could tell that she'd been looking at MTV too much. I remember when the police came and took her away. I felt so sorry for myself and for her. I was safe. I had my heart and soul in the right place, but she didn't. Aw, she doesn't sound like a Nazi supporter. 
Well, mm, we'll see. (laughs) Okay. We'll see how it goes. This is still her quote. Afterward, we were sitting in a car in Newcastle in Great Britain, traveling in the nighttime, and our managers were calling us on our mobile. Quote, you should know that you're number one in the States now. All four of us went back to sleep. All the tension was a bit too much for us. It was like a snowball rolling more and more faster. We couldn't really grasp it. We got a nice we got a lot of nice backing and fantastic reviews and it opened many doors. After that we became holy. No one could joke around with us because we were actually big. We were at the top. We were the best. I'd seen a lot of those people before, the same producers, the same stylists, but now we were being treated like royalty. We had a single and an album at the same time in the U.S., and we sold as much as anyone had ever done, so we had a world record. After that, we could do whatever, but the pressure was extremely heavy. She finishes, when I hear the songs now off the sign, I get so happy. I'll read my diary and see that there were a lot of wake-up calls at three in the morning. It was a stressful world, and there was never any time for us to talk, but I forget that. Now when I hear the song, it's like I'm flying. Who out there is rereading their old diaries? Well, I think she said that she said that she was rereading her old diaries so she could write her autobiography, but like still. I wish I knew where mine were. Yeah. I never kept any. I like I would always like start one and then and stop and give up. <laughs> the fame didn't sit well with all of the Ace of Base members. After the attack, Malin Bergeron, the one who was the star, the pretty one, uh, she got pretty spooked by the fame and all the stalkers. So this is an article by Bravo magazine and from Germany in 1998, and it was written by Andreas Falschier and translated by someone on the fan site, Ace of Base is in your mind.tumblr.com. Well, okay then. After the 27th of April, 1994, when a German fan, when a German female fan attacked Jenny in the Bergen's house in Gutenberg, injuring both Jenny and her mother with a knife, Ace of Base goes by the rule safety first. So I guess this attack happened in April of 1994, not February of 1994, because I cannot imagine that the same thing happened twice. Okay. Uh, well, you never know. George Harrison, yeah. right? Um, so Jonas Bergeron says, we only go to public events with bodyguards nowadays. It might not seem very friendly, but it's our only choice. The band's fear of a new attack has already claimed a victim. Malin Bergeron, who's 27 at this point, in 1998, the blonde sister of Jenny and Jonas has suffered from a deep depression for a while now and barely dares to meet people. During the Bravo interview, she kept quiet and came to photos only reluctantly with a frozen expression. Jenny tells us, Malin never got over the attack. She would only like to make music and keep herself out of the limelight. So, this interview, like, is kind of fucked up. It gets more fucked up. So, I want to do a dramatic reading. Okay. You be Bravo, and I'll be everybody else. Earlier today, Jonas and Malin had a big fight during the shooting of the video. How long can you continue with these tensions between you? Jonas says, if you had two sisters, you'd lose your temper sometimes, too. I only told Malin that she needs to move a bit more. Maybe I was a bit too loud because of the stress of the video shoot. But everything's fine between us. Ace of Base will continue as four members. And Jenny says, Malin is and will remain a full member of Ace of Base. That fucking, that sounds like the lady doth protest too much. Right. Like, Bravo didn't ask that. (laughs) Right. No one was asking that. Okay, yeah. here's so Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jenny, because of Malin's illness, you have suddenly become the lead figure of Ace of Base. How are you dealing with this? What is the illness? Mental illness? Sorry, pause. Yeah, her depression. The, okay. the, the word was actually disease, and I changed it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, her depression. Okay. So Jenny says, right now I'm doing well. I must admit, when it became clear that I should take over the lead right away, I did have a problem with it. Malin was our front figure before but when we worked on our new album flowers in the studio i became more and more confident with each new song and now i enjoy being in the front jonas says jenny was always the more active of my two sisters as a little girl she played indians or football with us boys wow or often she walked for hours in the forest near our house on exposition on expeditions all by herself malin on the other hand has always been an introvert introverted dreamer even in the most beautiful weather she often didn't go out all day she would rather lie on her bed and read girl novels i believe the roles I believe the role as leading lady was never something she felt comfortable with. She is happy that she can stay in the background now while Jenny can hardly wait to go on stage. Malin's too much of a girl She's to be too a much front of a woman girl of a to band. be in the front. Yeah. yeah. I can't. To, okay, I'm bravo again. To an outside observer, Malin seems completely anguished. How is it inside the group? Now Ulf chimes in for fucking some reason. <laughs> he says, when it's just the four of us, you can't notice anything. So in private, she's very relaxed and talkative. With people she trusts, she feels good and confident. So I don't get the impression that she is sick. The attack created a lasting shock in Malin. How is it with you, Jenny? Pause, though. The attack was on Jenny, right? Yes. Okay. So this is, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve no, to no, me either. Just clarifying. PTSD, but yes, yeah. the attack was on Jenny. Okay. So the attack created a lasting shock in Malin. How is it with you, Jenny? Jenny says, I have gotten over it somewhat, but I don't want to talk about it anymore, especially not in Germany. Wow. So Jenny was wrong when she said that Malin is and always will be a full member of Ace of Base because in the mid 2000s, Malin left the band. Ulf later explained to do in an girl interview, stuff to do girl stuff. <laughs> Ulf later explained in an interview, she left the band and we promised her to never even ask her to come back. She's done with the entertainment industry. It's understandable. It's brutal from the inside. It was not for her. She has, n- she had no cravings to be famous. She loved her fans. She, I'm sorry. She loved her fans, but the fame factor was not for her. Jenny also left the band in 2009. Wow. She announced via Twitter that she was working on new songs for a solo album. So during this time in 2009, Ulf and Jonas recruited two other female vocalists, Clara Hagman and Julia Williamson. When this came to the fans' attention, Jonas and Berggren independently stated that this new group would not be called Ace of Bass, but they would use another name, right? Because... They couldn't, you know, the girls were such an integral part of Ace of Base. How could you use the same name? Sure. So the alternative lineup later presented the name Ace.of.base. No. Yep. And he's, <laughs> this was mainly a graphical adjustment used on the cover of their releases only. In an interview with, for, with Swedish TV, Ulf stated, well, we'll st- we're still called Ace of Base. The dots are more for styling and the logo. Vanity periods. Uh, 
Bergeron has stated several times that she has never left the band and on the contrary declared that all four members are still in the band and what? they own the brand Ace of Base by agreement with Jonas and by legal documents. Okay. So. Very unclear what's happening there. Mm-hmm. But this was actually confirmed by Jonas in an interview. He said, Jenny never officially said, I quit. But to the record company, she was a leaving member and they canceled her contract. But she never said, oh, I don't want to be in the band. They wanted a new girl, a new lead vocalist. And regarding the name dispute, Ulf stated that he had no problem using the name, even though all the original members are not included. Jenny Bergeron discussed the topic further in a newspaper interview in October of 2010, stating she wasn't allowed by Jonas and Ulf to participate in the songwriting for the band's new album. Quote, from now on, I want paper on things. I agreed to work under certain conditions and they just vanished. They didn't want me. When asked, do you want to go back to Ace of Base again? She responded, not right now. It would take some apologies. So this is a family breaking up, right? Yeah. And, and, and like, and honestly, Malin is like out to like, like she wanted out cause she couldn't handle the fame. And I don't say that in like, she was too weak to handle. Like someone almost stabbed her sister and her mother in front of her. Right. And she's like, this is, I don't want to fucking do it. this. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I dude, I'm with her. Yeah. Um, in 2015, Jenny was forced to Especially because, 12... no offense, but, like, who's listening to Ace of Base these days? Right. Uh, <laughs> offense taken. Um, in 20... So, so, perfect segue. In 2015, Jenny was forced to cancel a 1,200-seat charity stadium show in her native Sweden after selling only 12 tickets. Oh, my goodness. Jenny. <laughs> she was performing to raise money for a cancer charity. Oh, that is so sad. My heart. <laughs> well, don't worry about it because I'm I'm here to this is all I'm just painting a picture of this family because the question is and has been how much did they know? How much did they condone this Nazism from Ulf or are they just like a weird family with their own drama? So beasting.com seems to think the that the sign beasting.com <laughs> So Beasting.com seems to think that the sign, the song, could actually be about Ulf's Nazi past and him leaving it behind. So this is from Beasting.com, which is some guy's blog. Some crazy and old this guy. this is all just his op- opinion. Okay. Uh, quote, it's well documented that Ace of Base member Ulf Ekberg made some unfortunate choices in his use by youth by sympathizing with anti-immigration groups and even playing in a neo-Nazi band. He has stated publicly that he had regrets and has closed the book that book of his past. And I believe him because I think the sign is actually about him realizing that he had hung out with the wrong friends and saying goodbye to them. Just look at the lyrics. I got a new life. You would hardly recognize me. I'm so glad. Could be about closing that book on the dark past. How could a person like me care for you? Why well, do I bother when you're sense. not the one? Is he talking to neo-Nazis in this guy's opinion? Yes. Okay. How can a person like me care for you? Why do I bother when you're not the one for me? Apparently a friend or someone he looked up to drew him into this, but now he realizes that the person never really cared for him. Is enough enough? Full is full is a term uh, often used by anti-immigration groups to imply that the country is full. Is enough enough could be a play on words by throwing the racist words back at the racist. 
but even I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes is that is Ulf getting a hint and he realized that his life was what his life was doing. Uh, life is demanding without understanding. You know, understanding. Instead of understanding for the main character, this could be understanding for immigrants or other people. And that too is demanding to hate other people all the time. Uh, yeah. So if you really, so this is, this is his big, uh, this is his big, you know, bringing it all together. If you re-listen to that song with that song in mind, you're listening to a completely and much more sinister song, albeit with a very happy ending still. There is, however, a really strong argument to be made that this is totally not about Eckberg's bad youth because he didn't write the lyrics to this song, let alone sing them. Thank you. I was going to ask you that. His bandmate Jonas Joker wrote him. Oh right! Of I course, forgot. it could still be that he wrote it about Eckberg, but there's also the line in the song where these theories get really crazy, where it's like, "Under the pale moon for so many years, I wondered who you are." Okay, so this is what Beasting says: <laughs> "Under the pale moon for so many years, I wondered who you are." Could be simply about wondering what makes his friend tick but this also could be a very direct reference to a quote that the joker says in the first batman film ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight this that's from the joker in the first Mm -hmm. batman movie the joker Mm -hmm. from the film asked before he shoots someone his prey as a joke and the guy who wrote the sign his nickname is joker Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? How do you how do you uh, feel about that theory? Which one? That Eckberg and or Bergren and Eckberg are working through his like sordid past through the lyrics of this song. I'm running all of the lyrics through my head. <laughs> While you're thinking, let's take a listen to Stephanie Tanner singing the sign on an episode of Full House. Let's. This is from their band, Girl Talk. Taken after her Uncle Jesse. Yeah, not being able to play the guitar. <laughs> I love how he's like coaching them. They they reprise this in a scene from Fuller House. Oh, God. Why? Just why? She's got like the Garth Brooks microphone on on her ear. And now DJ's in the band. They still had Gia on Fuller House. I don't know. Is that even uh, stu- G- is that even Jody Sweden? Bad news. Smoking cigs and stuff. But is, is that, that Jody Sweden? Yeah, that's all of the original cast members. I can't tell whether that's Gia or not, though. I think it is. It's not her singing. No, okay, that was heinous. That was heinous. Yeah. I feel like if it was his redemption song, he would have been like, look, it's my, re- I, I saw the sign, goo guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. He would, he'd hit it a little harder. Yeah. Well, let's take, an, let's take a look at some of the other songs on the record and see if they can give us a better picture. Okay, let's. Because the sign, the record, wasn't originally called the sign. It originally didn't even have the sign on it. 
What was it called? It was released in 1992 in Europe, the year before uh, the sign was released in the in the United States, under the title Happy Nation. Happy Nation, okay. So what kind of vibes does Happy Nation give you? Um, Make America Great Again vibes. Yeah, you're right. But not America. <laughs> so there's the title track from Happy Nation called Happy Nation that we're going to listen to right now. Fire again. A candle burns. I feel like I know this song. Oh, yeah, I know the song. This is on the CD. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Are they speaking Latin? Yeah, but I think it's Latin gibberish. Religious symbols and hieroglyphics. creepy and culty yep so let's take a let's take a read of the lyrics why don't we what is this spinning shit darwin <laughs> you ready yeah ideas by man and only that will last and over time we've learned from the past that no man's fit to rule the world alone a man will die but not his ideas Okay, so, I mean, who's the man that they're talking about? I don't fucking know. I, it, Jesus? I think it's Hitler. Um, the chorus is, happy nation, living in a happy nation, where the people understand and the dream of the perfect man. Ah! Si situation <laughs> lead to sweet salvation. For the people, for the good, for mankind and brotherhood. No, for mankind brotherhood. Oh, for mankind brotherhood. We're traveling in time. Tell them we've gone too far. Tell them we've gone too far. Happy nation. Come through and I will dance with you, happy nation. Tell them we've gone too far, happy nation. Come through and I will dance with you. Tell them we've gone too far. Come through and I will dance with you. Happy nation, living in a happy nation, where the people understand and the dream of the perfect man, situation lead to sweet salvation for the man, for the people, for the good, for mankind, brotherhood. Okay, well, I hate so, this. Yeah, lyric, Lyrics Genius seems to think that this is some kind of satire or something, where they're like, yeah, it's like saying that, I'm, I'm going to read them verbatim because because this is this is i don't know guys so happy nation living in a happy nation where people where the people understand and the dream of the perfect man so the genius annotation for lyric genius says this likely refers to nazi germany though it seems absurd to refer to refer to such a place as happy perfect man is a reference to the discredited nazi ideal of the master race or ubermensch aryan race yeah 
Yeah. That makes for the people, sense. for the good, for mankind, brotherhood, the genius says, continuing the theme of an anti-fascist fascist song, Ace of Base says that people will be happy when mankind learns to get past its differences and live in brotherhood. There's also too much male patriarchal shit in here. Well, yeah, for sure. But like... Uh, okay, the last genius annotation is, over time we learn from the past that no man's fit to rule the world. A man will die, but not his ideas. And the genius says, once again, the band repudiates the Nazi past of one of its members by saying no one person shall rule the world. Okay. There- what, guys? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So It looks very religious in nature in the video. In the video, yeah. Um, Which doesn't not seem like hillary right like no well he didn't love the catholics but yeah but there was also um like egyptian hieroglyphics and so that is a weird that's a thing that i don't quite understand is like their obsession with like other eastern cultures this is like this weird melange of other eastern cultures other than the fact that they might be just like collecting them you know they're just weird in addition to Happy Nation, there's also Living in Danger. Danger of diversity. Literally, yes. What? I literally have never understood more why my mom didn't want me to watch music videos. Because <laughs> this is like total nonsense. They're scaring me. They're like nightmare material. Yeah. So here's here's a quick rundown of the lyrics for Living in Danger. Live for yourself. It's a wonderful thing. You can do what you want. You can live in a dream. Get up. Get in. Get the rhythm. Get down. You're living your life, life in peace and harmony. You're making your own decisions. That's how it's got to be for you and me. So many people running around and round with no sense of logic. I see lies in the eyes of a stranger. You'll be living in danger. I see the lies in the eyes of a stranger. You'll be living in danger. Who's the you? Whites. You'll be living in danger. And uh, there's also the song All That She Wants, which was the first single of this whole thing. This was the reason that they interviewed Ace of Base in the LA Times in 1993 in the first place was because they had already released All That She Wants. So you know All That She Wants, right? Is another baby. She's gone tomorrow, right. boys. So according to Song... Do you, want, do you want to take a stab at what that is about? She just wants you to impregnate her, bitches. Then she's gone. Uh, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> According to Song Facts, the song is supposedly about young women in Denmark using men as stud bulls in order to get them pregnant to get welfare payments for being single mothers. Wow. Never picked up on the welfare th- theme. Yeah. So, uh, so Ulf Ekberg says for the lyrics, I think it was to our advantage that English was not our mother tongue. Because we are able to treat English very respectless and just look for the word that sounded good with the melody. Okay. Still so, waiting for that to come around. <laughs> so, uh, do you know the lyrics to, to... So, I want to do the dramatic reading before we watch the video. So, the lyrics are, 
She leads a lonely life. She leads a lonely life. When she wakes up late in the morning light and the day had just begun, she opened up her eyes and thought, oh, what a morning. It's It's not not a a day day for for work. work. It's a day for catching tan, just lying on the beach and having fun. (laughs) She's She's going to get you. you. All that she wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow. All that she wants is another baby. So if you're in sight and the day is right, She's the hunter. You're the fox. The gentle voice that talks to you won't talk forever. It's a night of passion, but the morning means goodbye. Beware of what is flashing in her eyes. She's going to get you. All that she wants is another baby. This is fucking hilarious. So it's about to get a lot less hilarious because we're going to watch the video for all that she wants. Let's see if there are any coded messages that could relate to Nazism or white nationalism in the video. Oh my God. All right. Keep your eye out for any, whoa, any imagery at all. We've got some star of David rosary beads. Yep. Uh, I think I just, okay. So the lonely Jew and did someone have a sword? He's got like an electric saxophone. <laughs> yeah, so basically the main character of this video is is a Jewish woman who is seducing Jew. men. The, yeah, lonely Jew the, <laughs> uh, who's seducing men to be a, like a welfare queen. She does not go to work. She just catches tan. Oh my God. And, you know, I'm trying not to read too much into this, but like Malin just like staring at the camera and like snarling the lyrics yeah. to this song is like a little it's this isn't good There's, she knows why do they have yeah. come on the, the the star of david rosary beads yeah. that are in every fucking there's literally shot. no other purpose it's just like this white they're like trying to portray like a white trash chick that's just hanging out with her rosary beads her that's, jew beads Jew beads, right? <laughs> so, you know, that ain't great. This is, I cannot. So the lead, the the lead woman in the music video wears a star of David pendant, indicating that she's Jewish, and possibly, uh, possibly drawing, according to Ranker, a vexing subtextual connection between her heritage and questionable beha- questionable behavior. Right. Um, so hiding her own bra strap. <laughs> yeah, because she's like a whore. Yeah. Trying so, to hide it. Oh. All that she wants used to have a different name. Throw the Jew in the well? <laughs> no, it was called Mr. Ace. It's based on the demo that they recorded in that studio across the hall from the reggae band, right? And so they recorded a a demo called Mr. Ace. It's basically the same song, but Mr. Ace has an amazingly horrible rap breakdown. Uh, what do you what's Ulf's necklace 
I mean, I can't really tell. It might be nothing, or it might be a shamrock, or it might be like an iron cross. I don't know. So, what's a little bit more fucked up is... So, I, I mentioned before, All That She Wants was the first single off of the sign, slash Happy Nation, and it's what prompted that LA Times article comparing them to ABBA. It hit number one all around the world, and according to a website called Song Meanings and Facts... It was inspired, with a thousand air quotes, by Swedish actor and singer Kayo Shikoni and her song, Another Mother. So let's take a listen to Another Mother. So, we talk a lot about... Uh, like, what we owe to the songs that inspire us. So, does Kayo have a lawsuit on her hands for them, for Ace of Base taking all that she wants from her, basically? No. I think she kind of does. I, at any moment, I, I'm waiting for her to go, all that she wants is another baby. Yeah. The beat is the it's same, pretty- right? It, the beat's the same. The like chord progression's basically the same. So like inspired is is doing a lot of work here, especially considering there have been people who paid out worse right. like, for 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 the less. Marvin Gaye family, yeah, yeah. So, um, Britney Spears did a cover of All That She Wants, which was never released. Oh, good gracious! Do we get to hear it? Free Britney. Yeah, we can hear it. Yay. I don't like this. It sounds fake. It's real, but it sounds fake. This was supposed to be on her blackout. It's like weird. They like they like flip the beat to like on. It's very strange. Yeah, it's lost its appeal <laughs> because it's about a welfare queen. Yes. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay, so in 2013, Eckberg was asked again about his Nazi connections, and he said this. I've always been deeply regretful of that period in my life as I strive to bring happiness to people. And during that period, I did not live up to that standard. I have not been involved in violence or political activism in the last 25 years. However, I find some of my thoughts from those days nauseating to myself now. I got all my Nazi tattoos covered up. What do you guys want from me? Yeah. However, (laughs) in that same year from Vice, as of 2013, Ekberg is a visionary leader and an eminent businessman. Ekberg is still in Ace of Base, but he's also working for a strategic marketing company called Result, which has teamed up with partners like BMW, Fiat, IBM, LinkedIn. And in 2002, Ekberg founded another entertainment marketing company called Legion Network. That's gone out of business since then um and he's worked with canon motorola and nokia but things get a little bit more cryptic from there Eckberg is also an active member of the german marshall funds asia program think tank 
keep in mind that the German Marshall Fund was formed in the spirit and named after the Marshall Plan, the post-World War II U.S.-led economics incentive program geared toward preventing the spread of Soviet communism and opening up recovering nations to democracy. Okay, that sounds awfully political. Yeah, certainly does. Um, in, in 2011, Vulture did a segment called Nostalgia Fact Check and wrote this about the sign in Ace of Base and their Nazi connections. Quote, the Internet isn't as comprehensive as one would like to, as one would like about Buddha's past, Buddha being Ekberg. But there, here's a snippet from a 1995 Toronto Sun piece. Quote, the band also successfully weathered a media storm about Buddha's past as a drug and alcohol abusing teenager when he was a member of a neo-Nazi skinhead gang. We have a Christian way of living to understand people and say, okay, you've got a problem here. Let's take care of it instead of turning your back on somebody, says Malin, who is the the now uh, the, the singer who was kicked out of Ace of Base for being too depressed. <laughs> Vulture says, and then there's the more important piece of information. The sign is still a very good pop song. Ooh. A number of musicians and singers have been influenced by Ace of Bass. Lady Gaga has said her album The Fame Monster was influenced by the super pop melodies of the 90s and acts like Ace of Bass. The song Alejandro in particular has been heavily compared to Ace of Bass's version of Don't Turn Around. Um, Paul Lester from the BBC said that Alejandro moves at an Ace of Bass pace. Katy Perry says that she wanted her third studio album Teenage Dream to sound like The Sign. Quote, I, it's what I wanted earlier, she told MTV. We nailed it. It's roller skating. It's 90s. It's Ace of Bass. It's Cindy Lauper. It's like all these colors and more. And Swedish artist Robin said she was inspired by Ace of Bass for her song Dancehall Queen. Even American alternative rock artist Beck had plans, to cover, a, had plans to cover an Ace of Bass album as a part of his record club project in 2009. However, this never came to fruition. So. We're going to go today. We're going to go out on a cover of the sign by the Mountain Goats. Sick. Sick. So, where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. And for longer and weirder stuff, shoot us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. Like and support the show. Go to our website and click support. We think that it's working. Might not be working. It's not working. For some It's not people. working. Send us a, drop us a Venmo. Just, a, just Venmo us. But what you can do, what definitely is working is rate and review us, like and subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode. Tell your friends and tune in next week when we do this all over again with hopefully a non-Nazi band. It better be a non-Nazi band. And uh, we're going to go out this week on the Mountain Goats singing the sign. It is a song and a story all in one. Thank you so much. Ciao. For, for Lyrics for Lunch, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying. All that I want is another baby. I think the indie kids were a little embarrassed when that was what I was like. They were, they were like, so how do you feel about being in Gothenburg? I was like. Has Ace of Base been here? Oh yes, Joker used to DJ here. He's kind of a Nazi, you know? It's like, and I was like, Joker used to DJ here?
new life, you would hardly recognize me. Wait, how the fuck does this goddamn song go anyway? I'm so glad how could a person like you bring me joy? Why should I bother when you're not the one for me? Nothing now, I saw the sign And it opened up my eyes, I saw the sign Love is demanding without understanding Yeah, I saw the sign And it opened up my eyes, I saw the sign And no one's gonna drag you up To get into the light where you belong I feel like positively certain I've told you this story before time Rachel Ware and I went out to the Midwest to see if people wanted to hear the mountain goats any place other than Pomona in San Francisco. <laughs> we went up to Columbus, Ohio. There were 10 people at that show. They seemed to enjoy themselves. And one of them was taping. You can still find the show if you really want to hear it. And then on the way back, we heard Ace of Base on the radio, and the people who were driving with us tried to change the station. And I was like, no, wait, 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 wait. That's Ace of Base. And they were like, what? I was like, no, that's my favorite band. At the time, the big bands in the indie world were Pavement and the Archers of Loaf. But I personally was an Ace of Base fan. So I made my case and we stopped at a Sam Goody in Bloomington where I was born. And we picked up the entire album, which I already owned back home in Claremont, but... But you can't give enough money to the Ace of Bass, no matter what you do. And I slipped the cassette into the tape deck in the car. And we listened to that album for three hours straight. Listen! Under the pale moon for so many years I'd wonder who you are How could a person like you bring me joy? Under the pale moon poetry where I see a lot of stars 